What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin, joined with Jonathan Miklos as the fine co-host of this program. And welcome. It's Sunday night. We're going to go try to go for an hour tonight. Better an hour than nothing, right? That's just the way it goes. <clears throat> My voice is probably a little deeper than usual, so maybe that's good. Maybe it's not. But, Jonathan, welcome to the show, my friend. A lot of sports to cover tonight, but we can't really discuss sports without first, you know, taking a moment of silence for, for in the passing of Prince. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on Prince passing away? Uh, well, Prince was a little uh, ahead of my time. Um, let me to be, be kind of frank about it. Uh, his, all of his, most of his best hits, his top hits were actually came out before I was born. But, um, I, you know, obviously I've heard Prince. Uh, he was a, a great musician. Um, you know, it's the same when somebody dies, uh, you know, passes away um, at a, you know, what, what seems too soon. And 2016 has been a really rough year on uh, on musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you just, you know, you just hope that his family's, ha- uh, hold, you know, handling it okay. And, um, you know, not not much more. Just, you know, my, my, you know just let them know, you know, they're in my prayers, my thoughts, and, uh you know, I hope everything, you know, progresses forward into a positive manner after this. Well, tell me you've heard the song Purple Rain, right? Oh, come on now. Don't, don't. See, I know Purple Rain, you know, when the doves cry, things like that. I mean, I've heard Prince, and it was funny. Uh, I was watching the uh, Minnesota-Dallas. Uh, they had game six today. Uh, and you know NHL playoffs, and uh, they uh, did. Uh, oh, which one was it? Uh, Make you crazy, I think it was. After each goal by Minnesota, which there was four in the third period, so uh, yeah, they they did a fantastic <laughs> job. They had a moment of silence. They you know spell out in the crowd. Uh, actually, spelled out his name with hockey pucks and everything. Like the state of Minnesota has really rallied around Prince, uh, and that's just. That's something you don't always expect to see. Even Donald Trump's rallying around Prince. I mean, come on. <laughs> the Trumpster is rallying around Prince. He's going to take it right to the presidency. He's going to he's going to ride Prince's momentum here. But no, it's sad to see an icon like that go. Just a talented individual musician, but you know, people have. The people have problems. I don't care how much money you have. People think because you're rich that you don't have problems. No, it just makes dealing with problems sometimes a little more bearable when you have money. So 
But let's get to let's get to the story I want to talk about first in the NFL. A lot of Carolina Panthers fans are panicking right now, and I don't know why. But Josh Norman, the 29-year-old corner, Carolina said, you know what, we're removing the franchise tag. We don't want you is really what they said. And here, guess who overpays for him, Jonathan? And maybe you don't think they're overpaying for him. Maybe you think he's something special. But I think Carolina – knows what they need on this team and I think in the draft you look at this draft coming up as loaded as it is with defensive players do you think they have their mind set in the draft and they didn't want to pay that money to Norman I mean he's 29 he's going to be 30 he's kind of old in the NFL um for that position especially uh considering you know you've got to have some speed but he's not you know wasn't necessarily the fastest corner as is uh, do I think Washington overpaid a little? Yeah, I mean, I looked at it from a standpoint of the Bucks, and the Bucks are in need of a cornerback. Uh, I think every mock draft at this point has us taking one in the first round. And I looked at the Norman deal and said, I don't know if I'd go above 11, and it wouldn't be more than three years. Uh, so to see what Norman got, I wasn't surprised. But I wouldn't have given that out. Uh, hats off to him for getting his money. You saw a lot of his teammates do that. Um, you know, but I guess, you know, and you see this in the NFL more and more now. I guess he decided making the extra four, four or five million a year uh, was more important than possibly being part of something special. Well, I'll tell you what, you give me four or five million a year extra, that would that would make me do a lot of different things. But, I think Carolina, I mean, what it really is like to me, they said, get out of here. We don't want you, man. I mean, wasn't that Mm -hmm. that kind of a slap in the face? I mean, and I appreciate that. Carolina, it seems like they know. I hope Carolina is smart enough to realize that we're going to have to keep our our stars happy. You know, Benjamin will be back. Kelvin Benjamin will be back this year. That defense Mm -hmm. is stacked. I think I think they want to go draft somebody and get. I think they'll get more out of a couple of draft picks this year than they would Norman. Would you agree? In the long term, in the next few years, I don't think it's a big drop off. But I mean, I think they want to pay their most important players, and 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 it just told me that he's not one of them. But that's what Carolina told me. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I can see that. You know, their their line of thinking is. Uh, the scheme did more than he really did. Uh, you know, it's going to be fun seeing him go up against Odell and Des Bryant uh, a couple times a year. I will say that that will be enjoyable. Uh, but, I mean, Carolina just got out of, in all reality, a terrible salary cap situation, and they wanted to try and avoid another one because Kawan Short's contract is coming up, and they're going to want to re-sign him. He's been very good defensive tackle for them. So they, you know, what they want to do is make sure they didn't put themselves in salary cap hell again uh, by giving Norman a contract that wouldn't exactly uh, come off as wise to the GM. And I applaud him for that. He made a business decision. Uh, you know, the is it ex- the most popular one out there? No, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, he feels he made a good decision uh, to pass on, on a long-term deal because they couldn't get a deal going. I mean. I have no problem with this from a standpoint of if I was a Panthers fan. Yeah, I don't. I have no problem with it. And it it actually makes me know that I know what they're going for in the draft. They're going for some offensive linemen. They're going to go for some DBs. 
some guys to help with some depth on the defense, and, and that's it. You know, I mean, a quarterback, you're set. I mean, Cam Newton is what he is. But running back, they, you know, I like what they have there. So, I mean, if you're Carolina, you got to go defense first round, don't you? Maybe offensive line, maybe left tackle. The blind side didn't do a good job protecting that blind side in the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're Carolina, uh, you know, peeking around, I think you look at a, a cornerback like Eli Apple out of Ohio State, um, definitely somebody to keep an eye on, or maybe uh, an offensive tackle. I know Conklin from Michigan State's out there, and he's very popular. Um, so, I mean, you'll see where they go, but I don't think they make a bad pick either way. No, the only teams that are going to make bad picks are the teams up the top two that are about to take these quarterbacks. Man, that's going to be fun to watch Watch these two teams just self-implode with, with Wentz and Goff getting drafted, Jonathan. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, the, the Eagle, Eagles trade all the way up to number two. And, I, and, and forgive me if we discussed this before, but I think it's a big mistake. I, I just do. Trade down if you're one of these teams right now because Sam Bradford's crying now like a little baby because they're – they're going. They're trying to replace him, but all the all the Rams are saying is, Bradford, we're gonna we're gonna keep you until we get the next guy ready, really. But I don't think the next guy's gonna be ready. I mean, what do you think about the Eagles' move, and and who do you think the Rams take at number one? Well, I heard, I saw a couple articles today, and honestly, I thought it as soon as they made the move. I think uh, St. Louis, or so, my bad, Los Angeles. I'm not used to this, so I think the Rams. Uh, I think they take Jared Goff out of Cal, uh, which leaves the Eagles to take Carson Wentz. Um, and for the Eagles, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad move, uh, I will say. I mean, does, does it seem kind of weird in the situation? Yeah, because you're going to spend the number two pick on a quarterback. And you already got Sam Bradford. I believe Chase Daniels is locked in for about $7 million a year. Um, so, you know, it almost it almost seems like – uh, what are you doing move and I agree I wasn't a huge fan of the I'm not a huge fan of the trade for them for Cleveland I am great move by Cleveland um, but it gives Carson Wentz a year to learn how to be an NFL quarterback and to you know grow into the system and evolve and I don't think that's the worst thing I mean Aaron Rodgers did it Carson Palmer did it uh, so I, I don't think it's a bad idea if you can give him that opportunity to uh, to grow yeah, who, who is, to who do is so Wentz, who has Wentz played against who has Wentz played against um, to make you think he's a he's a great quarterback? Well, I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I think you could build a system around him. Um, you know, he he's got talent. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the kid's got tools. Uh, you know, my my problem with Wentz, and I've said this from from day one, is the kid did not finish his senior year into a shoulder injury, and that really worries me. Um, I never thought from day one that he was going to be a, a uh, a top ten pick. Obviously, I was wrong. Uh, I, I don't. I don't agree with it, but I understand it because the Eagles think they need a quarterback, and this is the guy to go with. Um, personally, I would have just waited till later in the draft to get one. But you know, whatever makes them happy. Well, I think Carolina is going to trade up a little bit, not too much. But how do you think Vernon Hargraves would play with with that Carolina defense? I think that that's doable. I think Carolina getting him, trading up, is doable. No chance they land Jalen Ramsey, of course, unless they just sell off the farm to get him. I mean, do you think 
that they would trade up to get him because Hargraves is not going to make it all the way down to, to 31. Well, and, and take this as an opinion as as it is, but I, I do want it stated, I am not a Vernon Hargraves fan by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I, I think, <laughs> actually, it really, you know, obviously that's, that's what a lot of people are going to point to. Um, I, I, that's not the main reason. I watched him his senior year. I watched him get picked on. Um, this is a guy that Amari Cooper made look like a joke. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin beat him up. Uh, Michigan torched him in that bowl game this year. And I know, oh, he didn't care and this and that. You know what? No, 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 no. There's something called pride. You don't go out in your last collegiate game and just get completely deaf, you know, just blown up by Jake Rudock and Darbo. All right, and he, I mean, he got schooled in that bowl game, and that really worried me. I think Hargraves is going to wind up being more of a nickelback than an outside guy. You know, it just his play the last year and a half, his career just really made me step back and go, wait a minute, maybe this guy isn't as good as I thought he originally was. Because originally I thought this kid was going to be phenomenal. You think Will Muschamp leaving had had some kind of impact on that? I, I don't. I think. I think. You know, I think. Yeah, obviously, the system. Uh, could have helped, but I think it's more of teams just found out his weaknesses and picked on him. I mean, there were times where Amari Cooper just lost him uh, in their matchup. So, I, I honestly, looking at it, I just – I don't think he's the best corner in this draft. I think Mackenzie Alexander is the best cornerback in this draft, the young man out of Clemson. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander is somebody that I really like. You know, Jalen Ramsey, for everybody out there, is not a cornerback. Let's stop that right now. Is Jalen very talented? The best corner. I think Mackenzie Alexander is the best corner in this draft. Better than Jalen Ramsey. But Jalen Ramsey's a safety. He ain't a corner. He's a corner, isn't he? No, he's not. Jalen Ramsey is a corner. He was a corner last year because he needed one. Jalen Ramsey will play free safety in the NFL, and that's his right position. The only reason Jalen played corner last year is because he needed a corner to go to go against Marquez. And we knew teams wouldn't throw at Jalen because he's Jalen. You know, Jalen had the name associated with him, so people weren't going to try him. Um, but well, honestly, you're I think he's a free safety. The kid you're talking about is not even projected in the first round. Well, I've seen McKenzie. I've seen him as high as, as number nine. Uh, the latest mock draft I've seen has him anywhere from 15 to 20. Um, you know, honestly, you know, I think McKenzie Alexander is the best corner in the draft. I watched him at Clemson. Uh, I thought he did a phenomenal job at Clemson. Um, you know, I, 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 I really like him. I would love for the Bucks to take him. I've been saying from day one, uh, there's two guys in this draft I would love for the Bucks to get. One's McKenzie Alexander, one's Laquan Treadwell, the receiver out of Ole Miss, who has just slid it. I mean, he has tumbled down the draft boards, and I do not understand it. He's the best receiver prospect in this draft, and he has just tumbled. Well, we're going to do a show Thursday night, and we're going to talk all about the draft because get ready, and and we'll show you how we do it on Way In Sports Talk, how we how we beat a what's his name Owl, I call him the Owl, Mel Kiper. Show you how easy <laughs> it is to beat this man, to torment him. And just a quick update in the NBA: Game Four, the Hawks up eighty seventy nine over Boston, six twenty seven left in the fourth period. Boston's on a little comeback, Jonathan. Seventeen to seven run in the last seven fifteen. 
is Atlanta going to choke away another road game and possibly another first-round playoff? Boston's a very good team, especially at home this year. Um, you know, I thought this was a seven-game series from the from the jump. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this game uh, winds up. I mean, you know it's going to be a great series. I think we both uh, said that from the get-go. Yeah, I think I predicted six. Uh-oh, tied up three. Watch out. <laughs> They're going crazy in Beantown, baby. And um, just the NBA playoff is not going much different than, than how we predicted it, honestly, if you think about it. I know I know Cuervo got all excited, Jonathan, when, when Indiana won that first game, and they won yesterday as 2-2. Two to two. I still don't think Indiana wins the series against Toronto. Real quick, that's probably the worst series to talk about. Do you think Toronto's going to do it? I think Toronto at the end of the day is going to pull this one off. It might take seven games. Um you know, Indiana's putting up a, a really good fight. I just – I think Toronto's the more talented team. Um, I think this is finally their year to to make a little bit of a push in the East. Well, that series is tied at two. It goes back to Toronto. That's that's the key, that game five. If Indiana wins that one, they're going to win the series. If they lose it, they're probably going to lose it. You know how those game fives go. Charlotte gets back in the series with a 96-80 win over Miami last night to make that 2-1. OKC really just put the nail in the coffin in Dallas, 119-108. to They're coming back to OKC for game five, and we know OKC is going to blow them out. Portland shows life. I know a lot of people thought Portland, after losing their first two in Los Angeles, were, were going to mail it in. But, Jonathan, Portland looked good last night, one by eight. Um, how crucial is this game for coming up in Portland? I mean, this is a must win. I mean, they have to win this one. It's definitely a must win for Portland. For the Clippers, I don't think it is as much. Um, the, you know, for me, the, those series, uh, the Charlotte and, the, uh, and Portland, they had to win the games at home um, to even remain in this, you know, to get it past five. Um to you know, just because those you know, and you kind of know it, both those teams are really good at home. It, it, you know, Charlotte is, is sneaky, very sneaky, one of the better home teams in the NBA this year that was not talked about a lot. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens in those series, but these are huge games for both those squads. Well, the San Antonio Spurs did what? I don't know if I called a sweep on this one. I think I said Memphis would win one. And uh, they they get swept one sixteen to ninety five for Memphis. I mean, you're talking about <laughs> uh, injury plagued and just they had no shot. I mean, you could have put San Antonio's D League in there and and that have won the series. But Spurs move on. Who will who would the Spurs play? The winner of OKC and Houston. Uh, yeah, the winner of o- OKC Dallas. Wow, that's. It's good San Antonio's getting a chance to rest, uh, but it's not going to be much of a rest because OKC's going to take care of business. And, you know, I'm a big Spurs guy this year, but looking at what's his name, Canton, that plays for OKC, he's starting to play big, Abaca, and, you know, Westbrook mm-hmm. and Durant. These guys are playing well right now, Jonathan. I think OKC can beat San Antonio. But I just worry about that mental toughness of OKC closing out games, that that really worries me. I wouldn't pick them over San Antonio, but I would say watch out. 
I mean, because they can get going, can't they? Uh, they really can. Uh, OKC is obviously a very talented team. I mean, that's any given night you could get, you know, 30 from Durant and Westbrook. You know, that's, that's one of the best assets they have. Their bench obviously leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, you're right, Cancer is playing a lot better. Uh, Ivaca, I mean, honestly, you know, for OKC, I think, to win that series, they need 80 points from the trio of Durant, Westbrook, and uh, Ibaka every night. Ooh, but, I mean, Cantor with 28 points off the bench, man. 28, Waiters with 12. There's 40 right there. Randy Foy threw in a three. Yay. Uh, But, I mean, there's 40 points from two players off the bench. What Westbrook with 25, Durant 19. This is the first. This broke his like 60. What was it? A 60 game streak where Durant had over 20 points. He broke that last night with 19. He got ejected. That was bullcrap. What did you think about Durant's ejection? Uh questionable to say the least. Uh, you know, obviously that's the whole. The NBA's gotten soft. It was definitely they um, <laughs> definitely talked about a lot today uh, and, and last night. Uh, I don't think and Durant what he did, uh, t- you know, really a ticky tack kind of a, a flagrant call. I don't think there was anything malicious behind that. And it's usually what I would expect from a flagrant too, is a malicious act, and that that definitely was not. I mean, Durant doesn't have a history of of those kind no. of things, so I I don't. Exactly. That's why I when I saw it, it was like, come on, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt there. It was Dennis Rodman, yeah, or somebody, Bill Lane Beer, but not Kevin Durant. I mean, <laughs> this guy doesn't know the word violence for nothing or flagrant. He's a, just a quiet guy that goes out and plays basketball. That that was crap. That was that was. I don't know what they were trying to to prove with that. But if if Canner and and Waiters plays the way they played over the last few games, I think they have a shot to beat San Antonio because. You look at San Antonio, who do they have to really match up with Durant and Westbrook? Who I mean, they're a bunch of they're a good team, but you're gonna have to have superstars to beat OKC. You can't do it with just some, some good old boys playing some basketball, fundamentally sound. They're gonna tear you apart. And that's what worries me about San Antonio. Who do you think can stop those two? Well, I think Kawhi can make life very difficult for uh, for Durant. Um, and I, you know, I mean, you're talking about defensive player of the year, probably the best defensive player in basketball. In all honesty, maybe uh, the best all around player in basketball right now. And, you know, because he can, he can really do it all. So I think Kawhi Leonard's going to give Durant a really hard time. Um, you know, provide some stops and things of that nature, just hassle him throughout the series. Uh, I think uh, Westbrook, you're going to have to kind of let him go. Let Westbrook almost Michael Jordan rule, um, where, you know, let him get his and just try and shut everybody else down. I don't, and I, I really believe this, I don't think Waiters is going to make too much of a difference in that series. Um, he, he's shown to be kind of streaky, very inconsistent. So I, I don't trust him fully yet. Um, and Canner, I think, is going to have a hard time matching up against either Aldridge or Duncan. So, you know, I honestly, I think Westbrook is going to have to try and carry this team. Durant's going to have to have some big games. Well, you look, Leonard at 21 today, Parker 16, Aldridge 15, Duncan 7, Danny Green 2, David West 11, Mills 9, uh, Marjanovic 8, 
Simmons, the eight, BL7, Ginobili, I mean, they do it through so many people, but to beat an OKC team, you got to have a couple go off, I think. I mean, to be able to match that kind of firepower. And if Ibaka gets going down low, it's just, I don't know, this is a bad matchup for San Antonio. This is, Golden State's not a terrible matchup to me for San Antonio. I think San Antonio can beat Golden State. But the question is, can San Antonio get there past OKC? And, and OK, Golden State's in trouble, Jonathan. Um, sprained knee, he's getting an MRI. Curry, that is, he's already missed a game in this series, and they lost. He came back today for a half. They beat Houston. How are they going to be able to play in the next round when they play? Who would they be playing, the winner of the Clippers or Portland? I still think they're good enough to probably win that series, maybe. Maybe. They, I, don't, I don't think they can beat Portland, or I do think they can beat Portland. I don't know if they can beat the Clippers without Curry. What's your thoughts on that? Well, honestly, you can, to me, you can kind of rest Curry and maybe bring him along slowly, if you will, against Houston or, or the Clippers or Portland. Uh, Portland might get in a little bit of trouble because if Willard gets hot, there's really no stopping him. Uh, and that that could prove to be an issue, but even then, it's not like Portland's a complete team. I mean, it's a, it's a phenomenal job by uh, Stotts, their coach, to get them uh, to where they're at in the playoffs and be competitive. With everything. Uh, so, I, I honestly, I, I think you know Golden State can kind of relax and take it easy until um, we they get to the Western Conference Finals. They're talented enough without Curry to get there. Uh, with Curry, you know, obviously they're one of the best, you know, maybe the best team in all of basketball, and I think we saw this year they mm-hmm. they kind of are. So you, you just yeah. got to hope that he he can play for the Western Conference Finals, and you got to make sure you you know you try to make sure he doesn't reaggravate this. So this is the thing that we've been worried about all year. Let's be honest, we were waiting on kind of the Steph Curry ankle injury, and the ankle injury came, and it wasn't too severe. So you know everybody was kind of took a deep breath and said, okay, all right, we got past this. And all of a sudden he tweaks his knee today. So, you know, obviously there, there's a huge injury concern that well, we've kind of been worried about all year and just kind of hope that he, he's healthy because it just – it would not be fair for Steph to go down right now. It just would not. Uh, you know what? That record doesn't mean anything if you don't bring home a championship. To me, it just doesn't mean anything. Uh, this day and age, regular season really doesn't matter anymore. It's what you do in the playoffs. And right now, to me, OKC looks like a, a very, very dangerous team that can beat anybody. I, I don't even know if the Clippers are tough enough to beat Golden State without Curry, honestly. I mean, they're soft. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, they're soft. They're, they're I agree. Soft. I, I don't think they're mentally tough enough. I really don't think the Clippers no. are mentally tough enough. Uh, to be able to hang with them. Quick update, 87-84 Boston with 158 left to play at the Garden. Oh, what a game, man. Uh, the Hawks, mm-hmm. if they lose this game, watch out. I mean, didn't Boston lose their best player one of them for this series? Uh, I believe Avery Bradley Jr. was, uh, was knocked. Um, I haven't really been keeping – too up to date with that. The NHL playoffs is going on right now, and you know me, that that kind of takes my attention. Man, you're just a weird man. <laughs> Fishy. I mean, just every time I see you, you got a 30-pound catfish and a 
you know, dip in your mouth watching hockey. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> I mean, you know, it, hockey it just it takes you know it takes on football loss because of the you know yeah I, it's gonna sound kind of bad saying it this way but it it's the violence of the sport that I, I you know it just keeps me going uh, it's a to me it's a great sport and you know it probably helps that you know my my best friend growing up through high school played it and you know he taught me the sport I mean just. Hockey to me is something special, and the crowd atmosphere, and that's really what it is. You you haven't you haven't experienced a great crowd outside of college football until you've gone to a hockey game, and it's it's some of the best uh, you're gonna find. Just electricity in it. Well, we'll try to go to one day. And my wife went to a hockey game, and she doesn't know anything about sports, but she sat close and and got to go, and she said it was actually. Phenomenal. I mean, just being mm-hmm. there, being able to watch a hockey game. Um, update: thirty-one seconds left. Hawks down one with the ball. Jonathan, we're gonna go through this last few seconds and and see what we can do. See what we can see. What the Hawks do for three. T for three. Nailed it. Oh my God, he nailed it. Ninety-two, ninety, with twenty seconds left. Um, there's a few little like Prince in the stands there with an Atlanta Hawk jersey on. Um uh, to get beat <laughs> down in Boston if he doesn't settle down a little bit. <laughs> you gotta learn on the road. On the road on the road you sit there, keep your mouth shut. How about that? Oh, you really do sometimes. I've I've seen it at uh you know, we were the we, the Lightning have watch parties for their playoffs. And when they playing the Red Wings last uh, for the first round, you saw some Red Wing fans come out of come out of the woodwork, and it was just one of those things where, yeah, the Tampa's finest went up to him going, "You might want to settle down because you don't know what you're about to walk into." <laughs> I mean, you crazy, understand man. that you're an Auburn fan. Imagine an yeah. Alabama fan just showed up at uh, Jordan Harris. Yeah, almost killed a Florida guy one time in Jordan Hare. And uh in the in the in the in the first half he would first of all, don't sell your ticket to your your scholarship tickets to a bunch of drunk Florida guys, okay? Number one. Number two, you know, they were having fun in the first half. They were running their mouth, just running their mouth, cheering. And that second half, I was right in their face, right in their ear, screaming at them, saying, Where, where'd you go, man? What, what happened? <laughs> you know? And we ended up – I loved it. And they, they ended up ducking out a little early, as you as you would know. But nothing worse than the Tennessee guy in Jordan Hare Stadium after – who was it? One of their – it might have been Peyton Manning. I can't remember. No, it wasn't. It was one of the other guys threw an interception to end the game. We won. He sat there and took a piss right there in the stand. Ah. Believe it or not. No and room for so people like one that. One guy, one guy, one guy, not the security came up there to get him, but as he was going, people were taking shots and knocking him in the face as he was walking by security. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> You know, do not do that. And uh, Auburn's a friendly place. You don't do that. You do that in Baton Rouge, you'll get killed. You'll, you'll, you're done. Boston mm-hmm. to the goal, layup, two points, tied it up with 15 seconds left. Thomas went just untouched. I mean, what, what do you think they're going to try to do, Atlanta? I mean, just let him look like the Red Sea parted and then Thomas just comes down and lays it in. Very good ball player, Thomas. 
So another timeout. We'll come back and give you tell you who wins that game. But man, it's just all about right now the NFL draft coming up Thursday. Like I said, make sure you you join us Thursday night because it's going to be fun. Are you going to be available? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that might be a late night because Sonny and them is planning to do three hours, and we may join them a little bit. I don't know if I can go five hours or not. <laughs> well, we've done it before. It gets a little, yeah, it gets a little tiring after a while. I mean, it'd be different if they could just make the pick and just come up there, but it's like a 20-minute break in between every pick, and it's just, mm-hmm. God, it wears you out after the first 12 or 13. You're like, okay, yeah. I'm ready to go to bed. Good night. Yeah, so, Jonathan, much. what do you want? To, what do you? What do you want? To, what do you want to talk about in football or, or basketball right now, or even baseball? What What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I mean, I saw something in baseball today that was. I mean, I can't tell you if I ever saw it happen before, and uh, definitely something that's going to make its rounds on on Sports Center and whatnot. But so the Minnesota Twins played the Washington Nationals in a 16-inning game today. And in the bottom of the 15th inning, two outs, runner runner on second, uh, runner steal second, Minnesota brings in a pitcher to face a pitcher. Washington at this point have run out of position players. They're, uh, they have one of their relievers, Oliver Perez, batting. He lays down a bunt with two outs. Minnesota's catcher threw the ball into the outfield, and Washington scored <laughs> to tie it. I had never, ever in my life seen that before. That was nuts to me. I mean, have you ever seen anything that crazy on a, on a baseball diamond before? I've never seen you put in a pitcher to face a pitcher, no. I've never seen that. I mean, they brought in a right-handed pitcher to face a left-handed batter who happened to be a pitcher, and he lays down a bunt with two outs and scores the game-tying run. And I saw, it just made me, I mean, just that ultimate, what the heck just happened? Yeah, laying down a bunt with two outs is rare. A pitcher <laughs> going up, you know, with two outs. I mean, yeah, that that is um, rather odd, but but Jonathan, have you have you found that baseball is just not as exciting anymore since the steroid era is gone? I mean, nobody can hit anymore. Every week there's a no hitter. I mean, one guy who was it had two no hitters in his last like eleven or sixteen starts or something. I mean, uh, yeah, Arietta I mean, for the Cubs. Who I mean, he has. You know, it's funny. Sports Illustrated did a uh, did a nice little piece on him. And Arietta statistically is the worst pitcher in Baltimore history. He gets traded to the Cubs, and all of a sudden this guy had a .75 ERA in the second half last season. Um, he had he's had two no hitters now in his last. You know, like you said, it was eleven starts. You know, it's it's really something else. Pitchers, I don't know if it's just pitchers have gotten that much better, or if hitting has gotten no. worse. Um, from what I heard. There, there has been a uh, a conversation of they've been trying to make all the hitters in the younger leagues hit the same way, and that has led to some issues. It's just hit for contact, hit for contact, hit for contact. But honestly, I, I, the more I watch it, I agree with you. I think it is a 
you know, the home runs is what drove a lot of us to watch the game. You know, and, and ever since they cracked down on the steroid era and you see the home run numbers dip, there's obviously a direct correlation there. It just hasn't been as enjoyable. I mean, I would stay up all night to watch Barry Bonds swing a bat, even though I knew they were going to walk him just in just in case he got to swing. I mean, I was chasing him every night. I'm sure you were as well. I mean, it was it was exciting when Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, all those guys could just rock and roll. Now you see these teams. But I want to congratulate the Atlanta Braves for uh, being the cellar dwellers, the last team in baseball right now. One at one and ten at home. They're on a five game losing streak. I mean, God, Jonathan, what a sick team. Ten games out of first place, and we haven't even started yet. I've told you, Brian, trust the process. Atlanta's doing something right here. They're doing something special uh, with, with uh, you know, getting these minor leaguers. They're trying to create, recreate their 90s magic with uh, with the pitchers. You know, just, you know, it sounds like the Sixers, I know, but trust the process. It's it's going to be a funky year or two, but they're, they're brewing something special there in Atlanta. Uh, you know, I mean, if you need, really, you know, this is something I've been telling people, you need to see what the process can do. Call up, call up San Francisco, call up Kansas City, call up Pittsburgh, Chicago, uh, Tampa. I mean, you know, these teams that have all trusted the process and they've rebuilt through the draft. And it takes time in baseball, unfortunately. You know, this isn't football where you're getting an impact guy uh, every year. It's going to take three or four years for these guys to come up. But if you're patient and you let it come to you, you win more often. You know, you're starting to see how those results yeah. are uh, have benefited those teams to where teams that are big spenders like the Red Sox, who, yeah, they won a World Series in 2013. That's fine and dandy. They finished in last place uh, 2012, th- uh, 14, and 15. So, I mean, you, you bought one World Series and – then in last place in your division, the other three. I mean, what what does that really do for yeah, you? And, they, and you, know, you know what? You know what? They're a game away from being in last place again in their division right now. I mean, they're eight and nine, um, not doing anything right now. Just an update: overtime, Atlanta and Boston, ninety-two, ninety-two. Just <laughs> so you know, but but baseball, I just want to see the juice back. I mean, if these guys want to take HGH, let them. I want to see some runs <laughs> scored. I want to see some. Balls hit out of the park. I don't want to come and see a one to nothing game where the pitcher with two outs lays down a bunt, the catcher throws it over the first baseman's <laughs> head. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I mean, I'm all, good all for a good pitcher's duel. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for a good pitcher's duel. Don't get me wrong, but they better be good pitchers. You know, I, I mean, we, we you really got to be. T- I don't want to see guys like. You know, John Moscott and Kyle Hendricks and Jason Hamble, you know, guys who would, you know, any other generation might not actually be a starter in the in baseball. And, you know, they're, they're all of a sudden, you know, having duels and, and pitching really well. I mean, I really want to see guys hitting again. But I, I really, you know, I think it also goes back to the strike zone. I think there's been a problem with the strike zone for a couple of years now. Umpires are they're very inconsistent and it's led to some issues. Well, it's not too, too – yeah, they're 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 giving some. And, you know, I want to call – you know who I want to call? I want to call Big E. What do you think about calling Big E? Let's <laughs> see if he's got something for us. Let me see if I can remember his number right here. I like to piss him off by calling him when uh, when he doesn't know we're calling. 
That's what I like to do. Hold on. We're gonna this is this is a weigh in sports fun night where we're we're just in that mood. We wanna have a little fun after hitting a five team parlay. I wanna have a little fun. Mm-hmm. Let's see if Big E's on. Let's let's try it, all right? Let's see if he's got the balls. We'll ask him what he thinks about the transgender bathroom. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. What? Two five six five zero. Must be out hunting. Yeah. Hunting, fishing, and or I don't know. He may be trying to get rid of all of his, get, round up all the $20 Your bills Your call has can. been forwarded to an automatic voice oh. message system. <laughs> Two, five, six, five, zero, six. I'm not going to let that time of the Who do you want to call? Oh, God. I, I you know, we haven't heard from Quinn in a while. What happened to Quinn? Quinn, he probably got his feelings hurt because Notre Dame sucks and he hadn't watched Tombstone or The Godfather. And I don't know. Oh, yeah. Quinn's a, Quinn's a little out there. I'll put it there. He's probably, he's probably watching, what do you think, uh, The Longest Ride right now, that new Nicholas Sparks movie or something. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, he's not watching the Hateful Eight. No, no. I mean, last time I talked to Quinn, he was watching the White Sox. Um, you know, I was, I was actually at a, a Tampa Bay Rays Chicago White Sox game. The Rays wound up winning that day. I think that's the last time I heard from him. So <laughs> that, that that tells you a lot right there. Well, I know Jason Humphreys is in the studio right now. It's, uh... I'm sure the Oregon. He's probably watching Oregon Duck remat, reruns from from days where they were worth a damn. You, you know, Brian, I, I, got, I gotta uh, tell you something. So I'm a college football guy. There's no doubt about it. But I I, I do have to confess, the only national championship game I completely missed, and I mean didn't turn it on nothing, was Auburn Oregon. What? Wow. The only game I've never seen. I just saw the Michael ne- Dyer run last week. What's wrong with you? I don't know, man. I never watched that game. It was a great game. Oh, that's what everybody Auburn, told me. Auburn, Auburn should have put 40 or 50 points on them, and they, they, they had about 500 yards, but they just couldn't score. But we'll bring Jason on and let him Jason, can you believe that that Jonathan has never watched that game? I mean, that's terrible. Well, it's, it's probably one of the top five UCS titles. Um, but that's that's a that's a looking hot for me because, oh man, Michael Dyer, we man, we fell asleep on one play that they got inside of the ten and. Last thing I know is twenty-two nineteen, and yeah, I think I grabbed a bottle of whiskey well, that Cam, night. Cam Newton almost cost us the game there. Uh, the call in that game there at the end was for him to take a knee to back up a little bit and take a knee yeah. so West Byron wouldn't be so close, and he tries to sneak it in himself and almost fumbles the football. I mean, yeah, that, almost. But um, I don't think Oregon's gonna get that close ever again. Um, we, oh, we saw it when Oregon um, went up 
against Ohio State, and that game was a 20-point blowout. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you watched that Auburn-Oregon game. Do you felt – I mean, didn't you feel like Auburn outplayed Oregon for most of the game and they just couldn't put the ball in the end zone? Well, yeah, that's that's how I felt in the game. And it, it, it felt like Auburn controlled the game because they stopped Oregon from scoring the touchdowns. Um, but it was a close game in the fourth quarter. It was tied on the last drive and, and whatnot, so – yeah, I was at that game, believe it or not, and that was, uh, wow. I mean, that was just a phenomenal game. Jonathan, what were you doing that night? Uh, be honest with you, probably nothing of any substance. Why would you miss a national championship game? Well, either I was working, I mean, at that point in time, I was in my junior year of high school, so either I was working on something for school or I, I wasn't doing anything that was any good. Well, I was partying like it was 1999. Oh, good. <laughs> hey, I got, I got the shirt. <laughs> uh, well, Jason, did you go to the game? No, um, no, I didn't. I um, watched it with my um, ex-wife and my best friend. So. Well, it's still the uh, number one cost of a ticket in BCS championship history. If y'all want to go try to prove me wrong, try, but I've looked. And, Jonathan, tickets were so high for that game that I paid $1,100 early for the ticket from StubHub. Two days after I purchased that ticket, they called and offered $3,300 to buy my ticket back because they oversold, wow. and I and I kept it. I mean, you know, that's a lot of money, $3,300. The average ticket price was probably about 5000 People were paying out the yeah. wazoo because Oregon's never been to one. Auburn's never yeah. been to one. I mean, that was just a huge game, and, uh, and there was an ice storm that, that year or that day, actually, of the national championship game, people in Atlanta and Alabama, they couldn't make the flight out because they were stuck. So I had to get out wow. early, Jonathan, and make sure. I left Atlanta Sunday morning at 5 a.m. Uh, if I'd have waited till 9 a.m., I would have been delayed. I would never have gotten to go. So, and so and because of that game, every Duck fan thinks that they should have been the national title game every year. Which is ridiculous. So, not me, but most of them. But but yeah. but but that was your best Oregon team that I remember. I mean that Oregon yeah, that, team. Yeah, that was Oregon good. team was was really good. I think Dan Thomas was the quarterback. Um, Casey Matthews was the linebacker who's in the NFL, and a couple other guys on the defense played in the NFL. Well, Michael James was. I mean, he was a phenomenal athlete. Oh, yeah. yeah. My Michael was and the King Young Bonner and whatnot. So, yeah. But yeah, but Michael Dyer, man, on that one run, on that one run, he yep. whisked around. He, he even stopped. It was his own team telling him to go. They were going, yeah. go, 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 and he ran. And I was like, okay, they're going to bring this back. They're going to bring it back. Yeah. They never did, then. Auburn won a championship. I was a part of history, and we may not ever make it back again. I was going the next couple years later. They 
they went back and my sister passed away and I couldn't go. But remember, 2010 Auburn National Championship game they played in it, 2013, and here we are in 2016. Go ahead and put your $100 bet on Auburn to win the championship and you'll you'll bring home $3,500, guys. Go ahead and place your bet. Are you foreshadowing, Brian? Yep. I'm telling you, every three years, <laughs> Auburn shows up. They're, they're under the radar. Nobody's going to talk about them this year, and they're going to be good again because they they have their first five games at home. They play LSU early. They play Clemson early in the season. They get those wins under their belt. They start out 5-0. and oh. You better watch out, guys. Yeah, KB. Um, next weekend, so, I attend – to um um intend to um attend the ultimate swing game next Saturday. So Sunday I sort of have a recap for you guys. Um see how um the new quarterback But you haven't had your you haven't had your spring game yet? No, it's it's next Saturday. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's coming late. So, so how does how does Oregon do their game? Do they do they do a scrimmage like ones versus ones? Two versus twos, or how do they do it? They do, they do a scrimmage. Um, it's pretty much a military appreciation day. I'm um, at the stadium. Um, it's three cans of food for the local food shelter. Um, it's for your mission. It's a it's a, it's a three day. Um, it's it's like a scrimmage. Yeah, it's fun to go. I mean, yeah. it's fun. How many people do you think will be there? I want to say 30, no, not 3,000. I, I was going to say 30,000, but oh, it'll be 3,000 people there. Um, why not? It's, it's usually fun because the baseball team usually has a game that day, and the baseball stadium's like, Walking the distance from Austin. So, how does how does Oregon? How do you think they're going to do this year in football? I mean, what's the news coming out? Are they are they supposed to win the Pac-12? Are they rebuilding? What's going on in Eugene? I think I think they can win the North. Um, I, I think it's really really good with Prukop that transferred from Montana State. He's in the spring ball. Um, if you remember last year, Bernard Adams didn't show up until two weeks before the season. Um, with Precop yeah. having the spring and the football camp to run the offense, um, Oregon should win at the North. Um, everybody says that the Pac-12 is second, second toughest conference. I, I don't see a lot of strong teams in the Pac-12 this year. Um, you, you got USC in the South, but USC is always the paper champion. Um, this is USC is like the Cowboys of the um, college football. Everybody thinks that the Cowboys are gonna um, do good. Well, Jason, Jason, I, I think yeah. Oregon. I don't. I don't think any Pac-12 team is gonna be able to make the playoff this year. I mean, do you agree with that? And if so, who? What other conference do you think will be left out? That's that's really good. Um, Team Magazine, um, the Team Magazine thought that's a pretty good thought. Um, you would have said an SEC team would have given 
Um, Clemson's going to be favorite to get in again with their quarterback returning. Um, Ohio State's going to be there. Watch out for Michigan. Um, Big Silver team might get in. So I think it's already too early to see who gets left out at this point. Yeah, I think it'll be a Pac-12 team and probably a Big 12 or ACC team. What do you think, John? Uh, well, I think the ACC champion is going to be in the playoffs once again. I think the ACC champion will be in there. Um, most likely the Big 12 champ and the Big 10 champ. I mean, I could see the Pac-12 getting left out again. You, you know, there's not one team in that conference that is making you uh, making you really pay attention uh, early on. I mean, obviously, you know, anything can happen um, in the regular season, but it's just – it's weird when a conference, you know, and from what I keep hearing, they're kind of hitching their wagon to UCLA and USC, uh, and not for nothing, but like, you know, like Jason said, USC is a paper champion time and time again, and when's the last time UCLA was, was really worth anything? I mean, everybody's going to back this Rosen kid and keep forgetting that he didn't exactly have the greatest finish to the season. I mean, they lost to a 5-7 and seven Nebraska team in their bowl game. They lost a lot of talent yeah. on the defensive side. I, I don't think UCLA is going to make the run that the media thinks they are. No, it's still a uh, I mean, You guys think that go ahead. the Pac-12 is going to have an increased season in the top 10? I, I can't, I can't I make of the case of anybody. <sighs> I mean, the only team that maybe, and this is a, a, a kind of a weak maybe, would be uh, Stanford. You know, you, you always got to keep your eye on Stanford. They got McCaffrey back. Yeah. That you know the defense is going to be good again. Uh, it's just whatever they got going on at quarterback. How do people feel about that? Uh, whoever they the media thinks is going to be the Pac-12 favorite, I think will be uh, in the top ten to to start yeah. the year. Whether it's USC or uh, Stanford, honestly, I think those are the only two teams that people are looking at to win the conference, uh, realistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, we're going to have to let it go tonight, but Thursday night I'll let you guys know what time we're going to do the, the draft show. Jason, join us and give us your expertise of who you think is going to get drafted and where, man. Yeah, I'm hoping that that will post Buckner would go pretty early on Thursday night. Um, one of Chris. Yeah. One quick question. If um, Steph Curry is not healthy for the second round, will the Warriors get upset? No, he left the um, with a knee injury. I don't, I don't think the second round, Jonathan, I think, agrees with me. I think we we think they mm-hmm. can make it one more round, but they're not going to make yeah. it uh, anywhere past that, yeah. I don't think. Do you, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, they'll make it past the second round about Steph. I don't honestly don't think they're uh they're they're you know, Clippers are gonna buy it or the Trailblazers are gonna buy it too much uh in the way of trouble for them without him. Yeah. Um you know, he's 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 good but that's a really, really, really good team. Yeah. Quick update, Detroit up twelve to five over Cleveland. This is the last game Uh-oh. of the night, guys. Yeah, I'd love to see Cleveland. What are that? Is that three zero? I think Cleveland wins tonight. I think they. Oh my God! They, yeah. they win. I, I I think they beat Detroit, even though they're down seven. You know, seven in the NBA is like just about thirteen seconds. That's how long it takes to make up a deficit like that. So, 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, have a great have a great week. We will see you Thursday night, and we're going to have some fun. So, guys, take care and uh, go Braves. <laughs> go Braves. Good Dodgers. <laughs>